0: Welcome to the table. Uh, that's a term that we're using here at Dallas Seminary for our podcast conversations and our engagement uh, around a table, literally, here in our uh, own studio, but also uh, with a desire to uh, talk to a broader audience uh, within uh, our culture and the cultures around us. I'm happy to introduce uh, at the table uh, today uh, Dr. Jeff Bingham, who chairs our Department of Theological Studies, uh, whose expertise is in early Christianity, but who uh, teaches and writes in the area of church history and systematic theology and uh, various ministry uh, topics. Uh, Also, uh, Jenny McGill, who is our administrator and, in essence, coordinator for our international students. Uh, ministers to them from uh, start to finish uh, here on our campus, and she also serves as an adjunct professor in our uh, World Missions and Intercultural Studies uh, department. Uh, so, uh, Jeff and, and Jenny, welcome. Uh, alongside of me is Dr. Daryl Bach, who serves as uh, a research professor of New Testament Studies, as well as in a new position that we have uh, inaugurated this year, uh, directing a, a center for cultural engagement out of which uh, these podcasts are produced and for which these podcasts are produced. So uh, welcome to all of you, thank you for spending the time with us, and I know that uh, our audience will be the richer for it. Uh, we want to talk about uh, cultural engagement uh, as a topic today. And uh, in order to talk about cultural engagement, we need to uh, define what we mean by culture. Uh, I teach at a course in hermeneutics, and uh, one of the elements of study in that course is cultural backgrounds. And so we have uh, all kinds of definition of, of, of culture, uh, what people think, what people say, what people do, what people make, or some of the artifacts of, of culture uh, in the Middle East, uh, in the Greco-Roman world, etc., uh, what, what do we mean by by culture today, uh, Darrell, Why don't you uh, Why don't you start, and we'll ask the others to chime in as we go along. But uh, when you think of culture, what what does it mean to engage culture?
2: Well, culture is a web. It's a web or a system of ideas and norms and standards and beliefs and artifacts that shape and give meaning to life. And actually, culture is um, made up of many cultures. And that's probably one of the more important features to appreciate a- about it. You know, life in Dallas isn't the same as life in New York City. And life in New York City isn't the same as life in Nairobi, Kenya. And life in Nairobi, Kenya isn't the same as in Melbourne, Australia. And so, so we sometimes talk about culture as if it's this monolith, this single thing. But in fact, it's a very complex thing. Some people, uh, sociologists, have said that it's among the more complex words that we have in our English language. Uh, and so, But I think of it as a combination uh, of ideas, beliefs, uh, norms by which people regulate their lives and give meaning to life, and then the flip side of it is culture also shapes us by the way, culture is because in one sense, although we contribute to culture, we don't make culture. We're born into culture. Uh, we're born into the world, and it, it, it makes and shapes us to a certain degree as well. And so there's an interactive element to culture as well. So you, you live in culture on the one hand, but you also engage with culture on the other. It, the other analogy that you often hear is it's what water is to fish. It, it, it's all around them, uh, and you can't escape it. Uh, it It's where you live and breathe, and and it, it, in some cases, uh, both uh, uh, defines what you're able to do and limits what you're able to do at the same time.
0: Jenny, you uh, deal with our international students and minister to them so well, Uh, from uh, application all the way to placement, from coming from other cultures and going back to, or even into other cultures, in a missional element. uh, What what do you see? You know, when you when you think culture, what is it that you see in those students that uh, is reflected?
3: Um, I've heard that someone referred to some would refer to culture as a grid or a framework. Or um, recently, by Brian Howell and Janelle Williams Paris, they called it culture as a conversation. But I, in working with the students, I find that culture is an expression of the the image of God instilled in them that God's brought in the creation. So any student coming from all over the world, they're bringing an expression of their culture as instigated by how they grew up and what impacted their upbringing, either their family or historical events or social, social environments. So I see culture as um, an expression of the diversity in God's creation.
0: Multiple cultures. Uh, Jeff, uh, from a theological perspective, Act 17 in the, Paul's famous sermon on Mars Hill, the Areopagus. There, he talks about from one man. I take it to be a reference to Adam. In that passage, he has uh, determined uh, the boundaries and the habitation uh, of all humanity. Uh, is there a is there a theological Underpinning to the culture, and is culture good, or is culture the result of uh, failure on the part of humanity, or how, from a theological perspective, do you see
4: culture operating? Well, I think we have to acknowledge that culture can be either pagan or Christian. Uh, a culture can be uh, a culture which reflects divine revelation. And submission to it, or culture, can be in opposition or in rebellion to divine revelation. So, a culture such as we find in Acts 17, a polytheistic culture, a culture of idols, a culture which believes in many divine beings, and into which Paul has to enter in order essentially to tell them that their ideas are wrong, and by virtue of one of their idols, uh, declare the only true God and the resurrection of his son. And uh, so, I think uh, what we uh, what we can see is that uh, cultures can have components of both paganism uh, and of Christianity of truth and of error. Uh, and Christian communities can be combinations of truth and error as uh, can non-Christian or even pagan communities. So, even in a community uh, out of which uh, we get a Plato, uh, we, have, uh, we have Plato's monotheism, uh, but then we have also a Hellenistic culture which uh, has other aspects, which we would definitely de- declare as being in contrast uh, with a, Judeo- uh, a Judeo-Christian concept. Uh, cultures uh, can, uh, uh, can be true. Uh, cultures can be false. Uh, in terms of their relationship to divine revelation, no culture is perfect.
0: No, and no uh, one ethnicity has uh, God's trump card upon it. Uh, how how do we see, uh, and Daryl, from a New Testament perspective as well, how do we see uh, God loving the world on the one hand? And what does that mean in the way we define culture and friendship with the world being enmity with God on the extreme side, on the other side. If somebody came up to you after church on a Sunday or after a a lecture that you give on a university campus and put those two in front of you uh, and saying, are those both culture or is there something else operating with that term world? In those two passages, how would you address that?
2: Well, I'd actually go very much to the beginning of the Old Testament. I'd start in Genesis 1 and say that part of what God did when He made us in His image was to make us image bearers and stewards of a creation that He has put us in having responsibility for. That's where culture starts. Uh, now what happens of course in Genesis 3 is is that we rebel against that responsibility and that leads to the fall and that produces the mix that Jeff was discussing that we have the good and bad we side by side mixed together <laughs> uh, almost like a stew. And so uh, so that, Complicates the situation, uh, I, but I I think what often happens is is that when we look at culture, we tend to, we tend to want to uh, assess it, which is one aspect of it. The other factor that culture does for us that I think is important because it is a part of of our living out, our being in God's image, is how we engage in culture, how we live in culture, how we live. I you mean, know, simply put. Uh, and uh, we we can live well and we can live poorly, and we also have to be aware of what culture does to us. Culture does things to us. and I said earlier it defines what we do. You know, my, I don't see anyone at this table who walked in and had a quill in their hand uh, and who writes with a quill. No one writes with a quill anymore. Or if you do, it's because you have a love for the way in which writing was done. It's not the way you know. You know, we have a ballpoint pen or something like that. Some people today write. They don't write, and they don't use a pen at all. They're on a computer. Um, all those things uh, either limit us or. Or, or or open us up to do things the way maybe things weren't done before, that kind of thing. So when I interact, and, and some of that is, that some of that is the, is the creative living out of the way God made us uh, when He asked us to be stewards to help manage what it is God has created and to be, uh, if you will, um, his 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 cohorts in in uh, stewardship of the creation. And so, so that, that that is a complicated relationship that we have with culture. It's something God has asked us to do on the one hand, and yet it's something because of the way we've done it, sometimes well and sometimes poorly, uh, the record ends up uh, producing all kinds of fallout. Because the other thing that happens with culture when you make things that contribute to the culture is, is that you may intend something to do something, but then there are the consequences that other people will use it for that can – build or distort what it is that's been created. Uh, and we get that impact in culture as well. So it's a complicated question, Mark, which is why I'm not doing a great job of answering <laughs> <mentioning> it, <laughs> uh, because, because culture is a mix. I do think that we have tended in Christian circles to see culture and the world as this, this, this enemy that we're in a battle with, and that's one part of the picture. Uh, and it certainly is an important part of the picture. But the other half of it is, is that culture is actually part of what God has asked us to do and be in contributing to the world.
1: God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout Scripture. In Christianity Today's new show, Holy Curiosity, with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Cat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform.
2: And so there's an element of service and engagement that also is a part of our calling. It, it it should be part of a mission that reflects the goodness and glory of God and how we decide to contribute. But that is another aspect of our engagement. So I think if I can simplify this answer down to one sentence, we kind of have a love-hate relationship with culture. Um, love on the side of... Uh, being the expression of the very creativity with which God made us, as he called us to steward the culture, but uh, a tension and, and, a, and a hate and a challenge because the world often has rejected the way in which God has asked us to participate in that creation. And so we live in a tension, and that tension we know theologically will not be resolved until uh, until the end of history when God fixes that which is broken. But in the meantime, we're supposed to represent that which is good. Uh, and an and attempt to do that faithfully in a way that uh, that shows the character and love and concern of God for all people. Let me go back to the definition of culture.
0: Could could we say and would we say that the, the culture of people that are in the world, the group of people, God obviously passionately loves enough to give his son – to pay the penalty for their sin. That's a love for the individuals that uh, God has created for his own purposes uh, and for his will. Another sense in which the world is used is the world of ideas that fallen humanity have advanced. And it's not that I can't have Christian or non-Christian friends like neighbors whom I can genuinely love that's, that's not the evil of loving the world that makes me an enemy of God. It's the love of the world's ideas, the distortions, the falsehoods that have come in because of the fall, and the, the image-breaking, to go back to the, the metaphor of image-making versus image-breaking uh, and reflecting God. Uh, would that be a fair way to differentiate a, a love of God for the people of the world versus the danger of friendship with the worldly ideas that really take me away from God. Uh, talk talk to me about that. Would, would that be an adequate way to answer that kind of a question between two definitions of what we mean by world, which is similar to the term culture, but a little bit different?
4: Well, we find... Uh... We find cosmos, or world, uh, used in the New Testament in a negative uh, sense, but perhaps also a neutral uh, sense. Um, so yeah, the, the, the New Testament has a great concern for the perversity, the rebelliousness, uh, the unrighteousness and wickedness of humanity, which is supracultural, so no culture. Uh, is without those negative attributes. And those are always rebuked by Scripture. And yet it is is clear that we also find a very tender, gentle, uh, and uh, optimistic stand of God to the world, where he sends his Son uh, to the world, uh, becoming like us in every way, yet without sin, joining us in our humanity. Uh, So – yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a helpful paradigm that we can look at a culture and realize that every culture has neutral aspects, positive aspects, and negative aspects. And uh, God hates the negative, uh, loves the good, and uh, is probably neutral about the neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the question of culture versus
0: cultures. You know, we're in the, the metroplex here in Dallas. Uh, we have students that come from all over the world and all over the country, and they find that Dallas is not a monolithic culture <laughs> that they have experienced on television. Uh, not all of us live like the Dallas television program, okay, and reflect that. Uh, many are surprised we don't all have a southern accent. Uh, so the cultures of Dallas... Uh, talk to me about uh, the multiplicity of cultures, even within a geographical uh, entity, that have to be taken into account for good ministry and good understanding.
3: Most of my students are surprised by the nationalism, um, not only in Dallas, that would be reflected in other states, but that's one thing they face when they come. They're not necessarily expecting that level of patriotism. I think that's one factor. Dallas isn't as diverse as perhaps other parts of the country, and yet we have our multicultures represented. So I think a challenge for the students arriving is um, adapting not only to the idioms or the language or the dialects for foreign students, but also how they're hearing their peers and professors express their faith in a Culturally driven way, without you know, they're they're now being brought into another culture, expressing its version of Christianity. So sometimes I get um, very fascinating comments on what they're hearing, what is being represented as Christianity.
2: Would it be fair, Jenny, to say that sometimes uh, students from the outside see things about the way we express our Christianity that we might not be aware of because we live inside the culture and so we don't see how culturally framed that particular expression of faith might be? Is that what you're hearing when you hear students comment from the outside, that kind of thing?
3: I would say so. I, um, One of my favorite psychologists, she's in Biola, she says every culture has its pathology. <laughs> and I like listening and learning from the other students of they've given their heart and lives to follow Christ, and how are they seeing the situation that it gives me the exposure and the awareness of oh maybe I actually had a blind spot maybe I don't see in totality I have a cultural representation of what I understand and the way that I've been socialized my whole life whether or not I've traveled which I have internationally I still have been socialized o- over years to see the world a certain way.
2: You know the one thing that strikes me about that is is uh, that that sometimes our our experience, um, it it, it does have blinders on it because of where we've been and and one of the values of a seminary can be this mix that you get. You actually have a conglomeration of cultures, you have a mini I mean this in a metaphorical sense United Nations of sorts of Christianity that comes together on the seminary campus so that students have an opportunity to interact with other students from other cultures and other backgrounds and see their own faith in uh, through fresh eyes uh, that they normally wouldn't see if they were just in their own um, communities or home churches etc, which tend not to be as diverse as a seminary campus is. And uh, you know I think of Houston, you know, Houston has actually just been named, I think, the most diverse city in the United States, and we have a campus there. And our and our campus is actually located in a place that reflects very much of that diversity. You can, There are actually enclaves in Houston that are very clearly nationally marked for uh, – I remember going back to – I grew up in Houston. I remember going back to Houston and going to a section of the city that has become a little Vietnam, for lack of a better description. And – and I'm sitting here going, boy, that's not, that's not the Houston I remember in this part of the city. And so it's really it, – it's changing. And that, that forces us to engage at a level and with, uh, with an o- a awareness of the difference as we interact with students and as we seek to train them to engage in how to think, have, help other people think about how they engage in life with this diversity in a way that we, we haven't before so I, I, think, I think the issue of cultures within culture is actually another one of the tricks that makes this, this category of discussion and this, this aspect of life um, challenging for us because most of us are used to living in our own communities with our own expectations uh, and, and that kind of thing. And so it, it's, it's, it takes extra effort to be sensitive to learning why people – uh, think differently. How they put the get world together differently than we do,
0: Jenny. Let me ask you to follow up on it. Give us in our audience a example. You, you mentioned the nationalism. We've often heard uh, the incredible individualism uh, of American culture. That it's 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 my way. It's it's my thought. Uh, the lack of community. Uh, involvement in one sense. What else have you heard from international students as they come here that we might not expect in the expression of, like you said, the expression of faith, the articulation of faith? What uh, give, give us an example, if you can, of how it would be different.
3: Well, I have several, but I'll pick the first. If we define – if certain students are coming – to the U S and most Americans would define the self as me for many of these students. They would define the self as other and everything they choose, the words they use, the gestures they operate by the mannerisms, the deference, obedience, you know, manners, customs. Uh, it's always in reflection of the other to, to the neglect of the individual, perhaps that the self as we. So I think that's, um, a huge, w- which touches on your individualism. Another might be um, expression in. I-, I think that's a good example to to the the prior one was a huge one, but also I think the expression of their identity would be in different would have been placed in different things. Growing up, they would have more of an extended familial identity, which again gets into collectivism. Whereas in the United States, our identity might be in um, the purchases we make or the products we've lived by or uh, various orientations that we could adopt. So that's the source of our identity is quite different among students coming in as well. Join us next week for part two of The Table podcast.
1: Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well.
0: This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.